Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Friday the 13th. Mini-episode. A quick note, Cartridge Commandos, we ran into some technical difficulty during the making of this episode. I guess the Halloween curse got us again. And because of that, this episode is a bit of a Frankenstein's monster. We apologize for any audio jumps or small retreads, as parts of this episode were recorded multiple times. Thank you so much. And now, back to our show. Friday the 13th was released in February of 1989 by LJN. Are you familiar with the LJN, Nick? I am. Uh, They have a pretty... uh crappy reputation for uh making uh adapting games from movies and such like yes if you were a nintendo purchaser nintendo game purchaser in the 80s you knew and feared the ljn after a while <laughs> now folks this is a mini episode so we're not going to stick to the rules as much and kind of you know wander all over the place as we talk free form man free form uh this game nick was actually developed by atlas i i saw that too i was like no wonder it's it's actually better than most of LJN games. Like, I was really surprised. Like, yeah, uh, you, I know, are a big fan of uh, their game series, Etrian Odyssey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, admittedly, I've only played the first one, so... Oh, fair enough. But <laughs> I'm a fan of it, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I have to say, I've, I have not played any of their other big hits uh, from the Persona series or the uh, Megami Tensai series, either. Yeah, I've uh, I've played the first Persona some. I owned it in, uh, back on PS1. It's worth more money. I wish I still had it, but... Yeah, the Persona series is one of the ones that I always wanted to get into, but they just seem to have that one of those uh, impenetrable ultra Japanese barriers. Uh, yeah, they they have a pretty steep learning curve, from what I remember. I don't know. I I'm really not the guy to ask. I I must admit. So, uh, being released in 1989, there are eight Friday the Thirteenth movies that this could be based off of, and I guess what we've kind of realized is that it's not based off of any one of them. That's how it seems, yeah. It's just kind of a generic Friday the 13th story of its own. Correct, and it's pretty cool because, I mean, they, they actually stay somewhat faithful, I guess, to the film. Uh, you know, you ha- they have his mom's sweater as an item you can get, and all the weapons you find are, you know, Friday the 13th mainstays, knives, machetes, axes. So, yeah, let's get into a little bit about the game and how it plays, um, if we want to talk about that. It is a side-scroller, for the most part, and then it splits to... First person? A weird kind of first person interior. Yeah, uh, what you think of like the original Ultima style, uh, old school RPG first person. Just turn left, you see what's left. Turn right, you see what's right. So uh, press up to move forward. You are one of six camp counselors. There are three boys, three girls. Yeah, pretty uh, representative. Credit to them. Yeah, and they do have, uh, I guess, different stats. They have several different, uh, I, I have them in three tiers, kind of. Oh, okay. Like, Chrissy and Mark are, you know, everyone's favorite because they are the, the fastest runners and the best jumpers, so they're easy to keep alive when you're fighting all the zombies, the endless waves of zombies. Yeah, um, Mark is like the Superman of this game. He is the best. He's also the only person who can row worth a crap, so... Mm. I put George and Laura in the second tier because they both have uh, some sort of advantage. Laura's as fast as Chrissy and Mark, but she's not a good jumper, and George has the 
uh, some characters have kind of a higher rate of fire, and him, okay. him, Paul, and uh, Debbie, I believe, have that. But I would put Paul and Debbie in the worst tier because they're pretty much. I, I always just kind of park them around the lake, and I'm like, "You're the ones I'm going to try to send to save the children." But yeah, I played with Mark almost uh, exclusively in the small amount of time I played this game here recently. I, I never played it as a child, not a rental. No one I knew owned it. I, I would not have been allowed to rent this. Let's put it that way. I have. I did play it as a as a youngin, but it was maybe I borrowed it. I know I did not rent it because I stayed away from movie games. I, I got bit, or really any kind of uh, adaptation. You know, X Men. Like I, it only took a few licensed games to learn your lesson. <laughs> no, I had just dismissed this game. It's uh, uh, for so many years, and now uh, I got to discover a new retro game that I I'm actually into. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um... Maybe this is your Jaws. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I, I am a fan of one other LGN game. It is also a movie tie-in, and it is the game Jaws. And one thing I think is awesome about both of these games, Jaws and Friday the 13th, is that you can fight the final boss almost instantly when you start this game. It's a neat touch, like, uh, and it's it's uh, reflective of the movies in a way. Like, you know, you're being chased by Jaws or Jason. Yeah, and... there's danger from the first moment. So you're these uh, six kids being attacked by Jason from the get-go. You've got a full map uh, of Crystal Lake. You are at Camp Crystal Lake. And that really tugs at my uh, video game heartstrings, uh, much like Clash of Demon Head. I like navigating a 3D environment like in a, in a 2D side-scrolling platforming uh, manner. Yeah, it's done really well uh, where you have forks in the road and unlike... Uh, Castlevania 3, you're not at a new cutscene where to go. It's There's a path upward, and if you take that upward path, it puts you on the new fork of the, the path. And you fully you fully backtrack. You explore the it entire is a loop. camp. Yeah, it's a several, couple of loops. Yeah, yeah. As these counselors running around, being chased and attacked by Jason, your actual goal is to keep yourself, your friends alive, and uh, a bunch of kids that are stuck there at camp. Yeah, saving the kids is the biggest pain in the butt because you have to go over the lake and you can't, uh, you just, your controls really stink there. So how many kids are there? You start with 15. There's 15 and they're all creepily lined up against a wall in cabins in the lake. <laughs> and when the timer goes, like a noise and a timer starts counting down, you have to get around the map with one of your characters, which amazingly in this game, you can switch characters. There are so many things in this game they're very forward-thinking that seem like really cool things. Yeah. It's just that they're all done just not as well as they ever could have been. I mean, the re I well, we'll get there, but... So, you switch characters. Yeah, you can switch characters. There are many cabins lining the roads that go around this lake and uh, in the camp, and you can switch characters by going into the small cabins, pressing start to the map screen, and then just toggling through. Now, if you haven't played this game, you might be wondering, why? why did Nick just tell me exactly how to switch characters <clears throat> that's because i had no clue me and my son played this game and could not figure out how to switch characters sometimes we would switch characters and that frustrated us even more because we could not figure out what we had done to recreate it and the biggest confusing point is that when you're in a building and you're in your first person mode you have your standard like get what are the your, four your things menu uh take pass cure and uh change change and you would think that change is how you would change characters 
Right. Well, it is a way, but you're only that's just changing between the two. You're swapping the two. If you that and character the... is in the same cabin as you. Yes. But they never, you know, it's very unintuitive. That's what uh, I went on a big search after the first night, and uh, you know, because I was like, there's got to be a way. I, everyone, the instruction manual, and I checked out some facts and stuff, and they're all like, yeah, just switch characters in the small cabins, and and it really, really drove me nuts, but. It's right there on page eight of the manual, uh, how to change the counselors. So, so you did look at this manual. I did. I did. It's, you, you did your manual research. I wasn't sure if you would do it for this one. And anything, uh, anything stand out? You know, it's pretty bare bones. It's, I mean, it, it does give you some good little hints. Um, it calls the D-pad the cross key, which is I thought interesting. That but... is really interesting. I wonder if that was because they planned on releasing this on multiple platforms. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I feel like I've. Throughout various old, uh, you know, manuals, they have several names for the D-pad. You know, like weird ones. I, I look forward to finding more. But um, it gives you some good, uh, some actually some pretty good clues uh, that in their vague way. Like it does connect the woods as a good area to get vitamins and the cave. It tells you that's where Jason's mom is and that's where he keeps his weapons. So you know, it kind of gives you that to go with. Uh, right. But yeah, it gives you basic info on uh, enemies and stuff. I mean, again, connecting his mom to the weapons. And <laughs> in the description, they do refer to Jason as the Maven of Mayhem and the Sultan of Slash. So, Well, I would. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him the Maven of anything. <laughs> I think he could be the Sultan of Slash. Hey, uh, he's got it on lockdown, man. I'm not going to compete with him. Uh, he could probably, you know, have a face-off <laughs> with Michael Myers, but I don't know. There's anyone else in that pantheon that's quite a slashy. They're they're all deadly, but any other uh, hot tips in that instruction book? Um, Anything about the weapons? Anything well, about the people? I, it describes the weapons. I mean, you know. So there um, are you there's s- stones, knives, in escalating orders of power: stone, knife, machete, axe, uh, torch, and pitchfork. Now, of those weapons, I only knew of two of them before you and I played uh, together this evening. And when we played together, we did cheat a bit, allowing us to see further into the game and to collect more of the weapons in the game, such as that machete, which uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, you can find them, in, I guess, in the, the woods and the cave, even though you know in my current playthrough I haven't made it as far into there as I would like to, but you can also kill 60 zombies to spawn a machete. But mind you, that's 60 with the same counselor, so... And, you know, again, in the, in the book, in the strategy section, it does give you a little kind of hint about destroying zombies to get better weapons. So, All right. I, but, I mean, there's a far cry from killing, you know, two or three uh, per counselor to start unlocking the weapons and the 60 that you have to do to get the machete. So, Definitely. And the thing about the weapons I don't understand was that sometimes I just felt like I would get knives by jumping through areas or... I, I really had no clue why I was getting the knives for each character. Well, yeah, and the the book does not really explain this, and, and nor does the game, but uh, each character, among their various stats, like which I also should mention that it does not tell you in the manual, although it does suggest that they are different, and you figure it out on your own. Yeah, the, the kill count is a weird kind of invisible stat that the game doesn't really tell you, but you have to kill a certain number of enemies, you know, and it's different for each uh, counselor to start... Uh, I, I've been saying spawning items, but really it's revealing items because they are actually set items in set locations around the camp. Uh, so when I was running and jumping around, 
that that's how I was finding them is I'd taken out a certain number of zombies with that character. Yeah. And then I just randomly jumped through a spot that revealed it. Correct. Like it's it's kind of weird, but it's like for example, Mark has a kill count of three. So after you kill your third zombie, um, uh, a lighter will appear. That's almost always the first item you'll find. Right, and you need that lighter because uh, you're supposed to light all of the all the fireplaces. Yeah, you're supposed to light all of the fireplaces in the large cabins around the lake. Yeah, there's a I, I want to say six. I'm not sure exactly, but you know, there's large and small cabins. So. They kind of tell you this at the beginning of the game. Right, although it does say torch instead of fire uh, lighter, but yeah, one of the misdirects. Yeah, because the torch is a weapon. Yeah. Anyways, but well, like you said, uh, when we were trying to change characters in the first person mode, there was a option that was change. Yeah, so we yeah. thought change. That's it. Hit change. That is not it. No, it's a yeah. It sucks. It's one of the many misdirections in this game. They just there's a couple things in there that you think is what it's supposed to do, or it tells you what you're supposed to do, and that's not exactly it. No, this game like uh, as you get to know it, it's got a lot of neat stuff going on, but it, it makes you go out of your way to figure out what's up. So if you light all those campfires, you can get the torch. No, no, you get the flashlight. Oh, you get the flashlight. Yeah, which... that's that's a torch in England. That's true. That's true. Maybe they're just across the pond, but <laughs> but uh, so you get the flashlight. And it allows you to see in the cave? Yeah, you can go in there without it, but you can't see. Like, bats are kind of harder to see because it's darker and they're black. And But there are certain uh, doors that or paths you can't access without it. Like, you can't see them, I believe. Okay. Like I said, I, I've put off going into the cave until I had the flashlight, and I'm running up against <laughs> some difficulty there. But, you know, the manual's okay, but uh, I just give it credit for giving you some hints, actually, towards the... You know what what's going on uh, with your items and spawning stuff, but they don't really. Uh, they could have went a little farther. You know, it could have been a little more clear about it. But I, I give them credit for at least trying, unlike some games. You mentioned the bats in the cave, and the bats are one of. Is it like just five enemies in this game? Pretty much. There's. Uh, there are bats in the cave. There are wolves, dogs? There, yeah, wolves in the woods. Wolves in the woods. Okay. Uh, there are... There's crows and, of course... Crow, oh, the birds. There's birds, the stupid birds that are in every Nintendo game that you hate swoop in from the sky. Yes. They are horrible in the boat area, which, in the lake, there's an area you can only cross by boat. And it is very frustrating. It's the hardest... It's the most frustrating part of the game, I think. It some really characters, drives me nuts. Some characters can row quicker through it. I think it's just Mark, too. I think they're all slow except for him. Yeah, well, it's Super Mark. Of Golden course. Boy. <laughs> uh, and in that area, you also encounter... There are just, like, water zombies jumping out of the... Water zombies, maybe. But you encounter Jason there sometimes. Yeah, he, he comes blasting out at you. And he will just run right through you. It's really just his head sticking out of the water. Maybe some shoulders. <laughs> uh, I can't help but think of David Hasselhoff in the Spongebob Squarepants movie right, as right. he propels himself across the ocean. It's literally that same level of ridiculousness. Uh, yeah, it's and it's it sucks because it's like, man, Jason, he drowned. He's supposed to be afraid of water, right? That's like his weakness. Yeah, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm. So then on land, you fight the main enemy of the game. Yeah. The one you will fight thousands of, which is the zombie, I guess? Yep, there are zombies, according to the manual. So, But the problem is they don't look like zombies, they look like no, a cross 
between like a werewolf and a merman. Yeah, they they're or, or yellow. I mean, creature of the Black Lagoon merman, not uh, <sighs> right under the sea merman. <laughs> yeah, they're they and you know at, during the daytime you only see one zombie per screen, but then when it goes down to dusk, then it's up to two, and then finally at night, which you'll most of the game will be at night. Uh, there, there can be three on the screen, and they, they can really be a pain in the butt when you're trying to run to save another counselor or the kids. And The point of this game is that Jason's out there. You're one of six counselors. You're trying to keep the other counselors alive, and every once in a while, you'll hear a noise, and a timer will pop up, and that means Jason's attacking a counselor or a kid. Yeah, it's showtime. It, it is on. you got to get there. And if you don't get there in time, he will kill that person or... A lot of kids, some yeah, kids, all the just, kids. It depends on how long it takes to get there. Well, the long so if you take a while to get there, like and you still get there in time, he will have still killed some children, but not all of them. But not all of them, or injured your friend co-counselors. But really, I mean, you can always if he's attacking a counselor, and you can just get to a small cabin and switch to that counselor. Okay, yeah. So that's the best defense for that. But when you encounter Jason outdoors. You attack him like a standard old school boss fight. You know, he runs in, throws axes at you. Yeah, he throws axes, and it's, uh, man, it's really frustrating, I think, because unlike most other bosses, like, he doesn't jump. You're never running underneath him. He's just running back and forth pretty quickly and, and seemingly randomly. He doesn't really have tells. No, he just have a quick rush, though. So I, I don't know the best way to fight him in those scenes. Like, uh, And when you fight him in the cabin, it's more of like a crude punch-out rhythm to it well i understand why that would be more up your alley because (laughs) when you're inside it's all first person view and boom jason's right there yeah it's cool the way he just pops out and you kind of have to look for him you know like you're going through this house like there's some tension there i I like like that but when you fight him it is very punch out-esque he comes to attack and you really only can attack him after you've defended or dodged parried whatever it is yeah it's all about just dodging and then swiping in a quick like hit when uh, he's leave, retreating, so to speak. And the controls are similar, if not the same, to Punch-Out in some ways. Yeah, it's just uh, down left or down right to dodge, and then, you know, you just Projectile. hit your B button to throw, but, you know, it's uh, pretty... It's the, the timing's a little weird, you know, but you can get used to it relatively easily. Now, another thing that caught me off guard was you can get rid of him, or to, quote, defeat him in that screen or room, but you have not defeated him for the day. Yeah, correct. There's a, uh, you know, he has a life bar you can see, but he'll retreat after seven hits uh, when you're fighting him unless he's down to uh, seven bars of life or less or you only have two counselors left. So then he'll stay and duke it out till the end. But you can usually just get rid of him with, like I said, with seven hits. And, you know, that's the majority of your battles where you're just, you know, oh, he's attacking a counselor, he's attacking the kids. I go hit him seven times and barely do any damage, but you're slowly whittling him down making some progress until the very end, which hopefully by then you'll have a machete or at least, but because it's a long, slow, you know, he has 32 bars of life and you have to hit him five times with a stone to do one damage. Yeah, so I thought, oh, I read online that you can also beat the game by keeping counselors and kids alive for three days. So therefore I thought, wow, you just have to survive. But you want to stick it out until stick it out. You can just run around, dodge him, not have to fight him too much. But you said that the days don't actually advance until you've taken that life bar down all the way. 
yeah, when Jason dies, that's when it becomes the next day. You're, all your counselors that are still alive get healed back up to full life graciously. And, uh, and then he is now back to full life again. As well as his mom, and they're both tougher and harder and faster. Really, really, it's just faster. They're not tougher. Their their life stays the same. So but that's the only the the big benefit is that you now should have much better weapons and full life again. So, well, the other thing is that he now does more damage too, though. I believe so, and but he's definitely way faster. He goes in and out of his kind of turbo mode on the second day, and then on the third day, then he's really just you know that's when it's full speed the whole time when you during his uh, battles. And he does even more damage that third day. It's Yeah, it's rough. But luckily, like I said, his life doesn't go up. And if you're lucky enough to get on the second day, if you defeat his mom, you can get her sweater, which is, you know, a throwback to, one of, I think, the second movie. But uh, that halves the damage that you take. And not just from Jason, but from anyone. So that's pretty cool. It helps you to stay alive because life and vitamins to restore your life are pretty uh, scarce, I've found. Yeah, I could never even get it to work when I found them. Well, they just automatically. Yeah, that's what you told yeah. me. So I, kind of like the what the fairies in a link to the past. Uh, yeah, fairy in a bottle. You can use them to heal other counselors if you're in the same cabin as them, but that's not that common. I've found. Sometimes I try to get Mark or Chrissy to a bunch of medicine so they can run around as people were getting, you know, to heal the rest of them. But I feel like why would I waste my vitamins on the lesser counselors? Well, and okay, and another cool detail is that Jason has an actual path he follows. It's not just random. He's not just popping up around the map. You have the map where you can see the counselors, and at the very beginning, before you choose your first one, you can scroll around and see the location where everyone is. So, And you kind of make a game plan from there, like when to send Mark and Chrissy out to start killing zombies, getting knives, sharing them with other people. At least that's what I've been trying to do. In my That's a lot more strategy than I put into it. And then, But I feel like maybe it's best to just rush into the woods with one of them right away because if you can get in there during the day, there's no wolves. The wolves are really strong and hard to kill, especially with stones. But that's where a bunch of medicine is, so maybe you can get in there and get a bunch. And it's a really cool thing about the game is that uh, Jason doesn't just pop up randomly. He has a, several paths, that, well, two paths that he walks around the camp in order you know in in a certain progression so so if you encounter him and you like run to the right he's gonna and he's going to the left he will just continue on around the left or that's right uh, to the same cabins on that path like a person moving would yeah and you can even like one time on accident i uh i had moved all of my characters to one side of the camp not not on purpose but i realized because i was i was like man i haven't seen jason in a while this is pretty cool. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, that's because he's on the other path. That could be a cool little strategy to keep your guys alive a little longer. or Yeah, I guess. And, and there's three small cabins around the lake where he won't attack. Uh, it never tells you this, but basically the top left, or if you think the northwest, uh, northeast, and south, like directly south of the cabin, those three. Small. South of the lake, sorry. But those small cabins. That's right, yeah. Those ones are safe spots. Okay, cool. It seems like there could be a lot more strategy applied to this game than you would think at first. I was really going into this game knowing it had a bit more to it than just being a horrible game. But I was really surprised, and especially after talking to you about what you've been (laughs) doing with the game, at the the other layers there are to it. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, really, because... Uh, like I kind of said earlier, I, it, it's really exciting to discover a new old game that 
I'm actually into, and this one had been under my nose, but didn't really take me early. But Now, I can see why many people think this is a horrible game. I, I agree. It's The, it's, the controls are, are pretty rough. Uh, I do like the jump, but... The enemy repetition is very obnoxious. So is the music repetition. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it, it's pretty... <laughs> it may have two tracks, one for outside, one for inside. Yeah. And they are like a 15-second loop. No, there's not a lot to them, but it's still... I don't know, there's a certain charm. It does have some early parallax scrolling. You didn't see that a lot, like when you're... Oh, yeah, uh, getting that background yeah. looking good. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things this game attempted, and I think that it's a template that could have been used for a great game. Yeah, if they would just, you know, don't have Jason attack you on the water, that alone, because that's the biggest life drain, is hauling your, your people back and forth from the the lake. It's, it's the biggest pain in the butt, I think, and it really drains a lot of my resources doing that. I would also like to see a few less enemies... And by few less enemies, I mean a few less zombies. No, and they, they are, it's like a zombie apocalypse. You're like World War Z in here. They're really coming at you, and they give you nothing after you get the first, the kill count. And I guess if you, I mean, if you're trying to farm it out to kill 60 to get the early machete or, you know, that, then it's kind of okay, but it's still, I would trade them, trade them away instantly for, for <laughs> anything. Because it really makes moving from place to place very annoying, having to wade through the sea of zombies mark and chrissy can just float right over like with their super jumps but everyone else it's it's riskier to jump over them so you want to kill them and then it's just a slow you're in a hurry man when the timer goes off and you've got to slog through wave after wave of zombies it's just there's not a lot of fun to be had there Uh, very true Yeah, so Friday the 13th, it's a special little creature, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I think it's wrongly placed as one of... No. No, it's not. It is one of the worst games on the Nintendo, but in some ways, it's, it's a great game. I think for a certain person, that person being Nick, <laughs> there is deep at its core enough gold that you can mine mine for if it. there's yeah there's certain quality you know much like uh, castlevania 2 simon's quest like i have a really soft spot for some of the things they were trying to do there and maybe they didn't execute them perfectly but uh that that can pull me through in certain games and, and i think this is one of them I, that so it's uh it's amazing yeah well we're not going to do our normal review system with our different categories i think we'll just wrap it up with our final question <laughs> Nick, should you play this game? No, most people really shouldn't. Uh, I I feel like if you if you listen to this or you if you're like I'm really just like exploring and screwing around and you know there's just enough strategy for me. But I know there's there's some people that would really like this and and can get over it. But most people can't. And even if you like that stuff, there's probably other games that give it to you easier. So, well, I would say the same no don't don't play this game um go watch some footage of it you know it's it's actually more interesting reading about it than playing it you you can uh certain ways it's true (laughs) if you are a huge friday the 13th fan and you've always wanted to wear jason's mother's sweater (laughs) then go for it see how far you can get in this thing like I said, take a look at it first, and if it if it tickles your fancy, give it a try. You might really like it, but most people probably won't. And even though, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like a really early survival horror game. Yeah, you know, this thing, you know, it's it's got its 
you know, so some maybe some uh, Resident Evil fans who are very patient. The first one had clunky controls. Okay. If and you so are a re- fan of the first Resident Evil, you have to have patience. Well, that's what I'm saying. So maybe, you know, if you're like, well, I, I swallowed all these crappy control pills when on the PS1. So maybe you could go back and check maybe it out. Maybe you could. I myself, I will never beat this game, not even with cheating. I am going to try to without cheating. And so uh, Cartridge Commandos, listen in the future. So one day I will have an update that will tell you when it's safe to go back to Camp Crystal Lake. I can't wait for that update. <laughs> Next week's game is Mega Man 2, so grab your cartridge, find a copy, and play along. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed, things we got wrong, or if you have any hints on Friday the 13th, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we might address it in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at cartcommand, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher. Feel free to give to us on Patreon, Uh, It will help us in so many ways. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Lord. The quest has ended. Third time's the charm. That's right.